You're listening to Hot Sauce Sports with Mo Cohen, PZ Delarice, and Terry Tam. I now know that I'm on with a spy, depending on who's, uh, you know, who's the, who's the captain of this ship. That's probably a bad thing if this podcast is supposed to go viral, isn't it? Cordero Patterson, uh, like grabbing some shanks, uh, gentlemen here. Uh, and he quote, and I quote, I'm a grown man. I don't need nobody blank and blank in my balls, my face. <laughs> in my teenage years, I'd get back from high school. I'd smash two pizza pockets. Carmelo Anthony never learned you can't live life just smashing pizza pockets. Because he lost uh, a double bet, uh, what I did is I cut an jalapeno, a jalapeno in half. And I filled it with hot sauce, so he's gonna have to slip this down. Why you need? Why you give me a fucking banana, dude? I'm not eating a banana. I'll just fucking. I'll rather piss in my mouth than eat this. Okay, so there we go. Stop stalling. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, here are your hosts, Mo, Terry, and Peasy. Peasy. Welcome, everyone. This is Hot Sauce Sports, episode 11, gentlemen. I know we made it past. Yeah, we made it. We made it past our Super Bowl parties. <laughs> I'm the host, Peasy Delores. I didn't eat as much as I wanted to. In Super Bowl party, I'm joined by Terry Tam. Terry, how did how would your Super Bowl feast go? Um, it went well. Uh, a lot of hot dogs, mm-hmm. steamies, a lot of tacos, pizza, Buffalo Bills. Uh, sorry, Buffalo wings, uh, sliders, chicken, uh, fried chicken, and waffle sliders. Nice, and that was pretty That's good. Not bad. That's pretty much it. A lot of dessert, and I ordered McDonald's coffee at the end. Yeah, that's what I felt. Yesterday I barely ate and I was so dehydrated. <laughs> that happens. I uh, I was talking to, to Eagle, Eagle and uh, Duke actually our producers. They joined uh, joined me at uh, my place for my party. Oh, the place I wasn't invited. Place to. you were totally invited to <laughs> and uh, didn't come to. I maintained my innocence. Um, I and and so like I was ready. I was ready to pick out. I've been I've been really good since last April. I've been really really careful with my diet. Like fuck it, I'm doing this. And and I had two chicken wings and a slider and I was done. <laughs> And then on top, of that, on top of that, um, my fiance had uh, gastro. And so she bravely came down to greet people for a second and got into conversation with our friend, our friend's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then she instantly ran away to go vomit. Um, so in times How where... How ugly I, is your friend's girlfriend? What? How ugly is your friend's girlfriend? I mean, listen, <laughs> all I know is uh, if I had to swipe, depends on how many drinks. <laughs> Um, Depends on what time of night it is. No, so then, like, it just, it was just, for me, it was very disappointing. I, w- I really wanted to eat, and then the game wasn't, like, super good. Incredible. It wasn't terrible, like people were saying. I like it, it was. It was awful. There Bad were. to you. Well, when you, I, I rewatched the game twice, and I realized that the, the first point scored was in the fourth quarter. It was, like, the first touchdown, no, th- the first touchdown was yeah. in the fourth quarter. So at one point, it was 3 3 in the fourth. It was the no, most was, boring uh, game ever. it was 6 3. Like if you love defense, it was a fun game to watch. Interesting, no, uh, interesting stat. Interesting stat: the last quarterback to throw a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl is Nick Foles. So <laughs> last wow. year, last year, last year. That's how many touchdown passes there were this year. Uh, Nick Foles, one of the guys we'll talk about on today's show. We have a great show planned. We have actually Rob Tramp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know him of the guy I always traded every time I had the New York Islanders because I always played as the Islanders in NHL. Why? There's something about their terrible jersey that I love. I like their jersey. I like the blue, the all blue. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. beautiful. I, I, a lot of people don't like it. It, it like so long you traded, I, they, you they, traded they, away shrimp every time because I would, Why? I would always get so many prospects, and I was, <laughs> I was always amazed by these like Eastern European, um, like made up computer generated yeah, like prospects. Kuznetsov for in. Yeah, and and Tikapinen. Anthony Kapanen is a real person. Yeah. Yeah. He was incredible. He sounds like a disease. <laughs> yes, he sounds like the the antidote to a disease. But also like the 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 new uh, the uh, the Islanders jersey logo, the the island on it just looks like New York took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's having trouble. It's having trouble digesting. It's Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl uh, dalliances. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes recruited their new punter. Yes, because uh, Jeff Fiegel's son, who was the punter last season, was atrocious. Terry. Jeff Fiegel's son for real? Yeah, he. Did not do the lineage well. Like when your dad's a pro punter, you should at least punt for or thirty maybe, yards a punt. Or maybe, he dude, can you get me Fiegel's uh, average punt distance pre- this year? Jay Fiegel? Yeah. Or his son? His son. His son. His yeah. son. I'm on it. Not this season. This season, Fiegel's didn't actually punt. His son did for the for the Jay Fiegel or Jay Feely? Fiegel's. Fiegel's. Feely's the quarterback. Um, and so anyway, I don't know if you've seen this dude. 
This dude by the name, his name is Lewis him. Headley. Yeah. It's amazing. Dude's jacked. He's 6'4", 245, <laughs> all tired up. He looks like Did he escaped rugby? from every prison. No, he's from uh, Australia. Okay. So you played uh, Aussie Rules footy? I would imagine. Okay. And apparently, so he's young for Australian punters because nobody understands the school system. <laughs> like, everything's weird from Australia, no, but right? in Australia, 25 is actually old because they're done university like around 20. So do they also live longer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, then yes. Then 25 <laughs> years old. Uh, so he's coming here. He looks all sorts of 38. He does not look like he's 25 years old. No. Um, and he's super jacked. How, how many how many yards per punt? So Jeff Fiegels is the son of Zach. Uh, sorry, Zach Fiegels we're looking at, right? Son yeah. of Jeff Fiegels, exactly. Right. So I clearly <laughs> didn't remember his name, dude. 40, 44 punts. The longest was 52, but the average was 38.6. 38.6. But... What's interesting about this giant jacked punter, Lewis Hadley, yeah. his average punt distance was 38.9 yards. <laughs> so, but like, when you look like that, are you allowed? Different ball, though. Uh, yeah. It's so like the Aussie rules footy ball is a lot bigger. Does that make it more or less? Or and make? there's no blocking, so you have less time. <laughs> no blocking? So it's like, oh, yes. Okay. No one. Yeah. I thought it was like, no one was coming to block him. Because <laughs> nobody knows us. No, no, he, he would have like a few guys running after him. Mm-hmm. But he, as a punter. Unless it's like when they do the, when they score the try, then there's the thing they kick through after. Yeah, but they don't. You choose where you want to kick it from. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously he's going to choose. He's going to the best possible spot. That's it. Um, that that was one of the most viral stories that hit uh, early in this week, uh, along with, of course, Twenty One Savage uh, not being American. Uh, when pressed on it, he answered, "That's total bollocks." <laughs> Just straight up. Okay, I think we're going to have to announce that you're not doing any more dad jokes. All right. Impossible. <laughs> None of that shit. That's how we're doing it. That's how we're doing it. Dads are nothing. Cheap um, jokes. And with that, we get to our news of the week. He's in his mid 20s? 25. Louis. Why? It's like the I am 12 in Cuba. Louis Hadley, by the way, is 25. Uh, like Bartolo Colon is on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Super Bowl came and passed, as we talked about. Uh, how have you uh, hated every second of the uh, s- the reactions and celebrations? Uh, I've hated everybody Everybody having the same opinion. So boring, no touchdowns, whatever. Yeah, and also another thing is I feel like everyone has the same opinions they had before the game regarding... Montana and Brady. I hate the Montana and Brady conversation. It's the stupidest. Because thing. nobody learns anything. Everyone just <laughs> stays in their camp, right? So my thing no is, no one ever, no one ever switches. My thing is, it doesn't it's actually, like it doesn't actually matter who's better, right? Because they're not playing against each other. No, it matters, man. To who? To matter. actually two people in the world <laughs> who I don't think care. No, it matters to the diehard Niners fans and the diehard Pats fans. Okay, but so like, but how does it change your life if other people don't agree with you? Uh, it changes them. Okay, so uh, how? In that vomit fest, (laughs) the big thing is like, oh, but, you know, uh, Montana never lost, right? That's the thing they they say. They never lost. It never lost in the championship. In the championship. It never lost in the Super Bowl. But so, like, that means if, if, let's say, Brady goes on to win 10 Super Bowls. And he's lost three. And he's lost three. Does that no? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Who wins 10? What about 15? What about 20? That's it. Who wins 28? When when is the number? When is the number high enough (laughs) that that he lost a couple of games? By the way, and he didn't lose the game. A team wins or loses the game, right? Like it's a team achievement, right? People always made the same argument. It's like, who's better? Like, oh, he beat him. Like a quarterback beat another quarterback, but they're never on the field at the same time. time, Yeah. Never. And these two definitely have never been. Definitely weren't even (laughs) in the same league at the same time. Correct. So I don't know. It's a dumb argument for sure. It's just to keep people interested. But I don't. I don't. I don't see how th- you can go with to Montana side. Uh, according to Skip Skip Bayless, okay. This no. this this championship actually <laughs> diminishes Tom oh, yeah, Brady's he's reputation. Worse. He's worse. Okay, Skip Bayless is looking for. A, I just saw him tweet. He was talking about how LeBron has no leadership because he sat three seats away from his team. Yo, he just left some leg room. Don't, when you're booking on a plane, don't you book the extra leg room? And then like they make you pretend like you're going to help when there's a plane crash. You know that shit's going down. You're not, you put that mask on yourself first. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags over here uh, getting the expensive uh, premium Always. seats on the plane. Yeah, listen, man, I was, I've been fat for a long time. I have to get the extra room. Um, Patriots fans also annoying. Yeah, always. But they've always been. But like, so like the worst is like they're they're, they're vindicated of like, yeah, see, finally, yeah, you were favorites. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Well, uh, they weren't favorites right away. Correct, but they they, they were opened favorites. as underdog. He, we have actually a brawl between Patriots fans. That's crazy. Who didn't agree? I guess. I think I saw this one. 
The dude in the Gronk jersey goes down like a stack of potatoes. I love watching the fights, man. It's so weird. I used to be addicted to World Star Hip Hop. Yeah, but now they just post like word uh, soccer ball memes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's because they got they got they, they have uh, they're getting into trouble with the the fight the fights that they would post. I used to love the uh, the fight comp of the yeah month. fight comp, but they and still the, do it on their site. Comp I think. of the week there. World Star, I loved it. I've tried to post one video on World Star and they never took it. It was a video. It was good, of, bro. It was a video of this uh, crazy drunk woman downtown pissing on the pissing on the floor in the middle of the street in the middle of the day. <laughs> it sounds like Montreal. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it's just, it sounds I'm like a Wednesday. It, and I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm, I finished the gym, so I'm watching her. I'm like, fuck, this girl's weird. And then all of a sudden, she goes behind like this bush, but like the street is here. Everybody on the street can see her. Behind the bush is a restaurant. She pulls her pants down, and she just starts pissing. <laughs> I wish I saw the video. I was at a friend's house, and she I saw a woman piss disgusting. in her own backyard. That was interesting because her house was right there. <laughs> <laughs> she left her house to go piss her Okay, wait. So sometimes in the cold weather, you go. as soon as I get out of my car, I have to piss. Yeah. And it hits me so bad that I can't make it to the house. So, so even though you're in your driveway. Yeah, I'll piss on like on the side of my house. I and, can't and, hold it in. And does your wife wonder why there's this incredibly frozen lake <laughs> leading down to the garage? <laughs> she doesn't know why the house is suddenly turning yellow. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> Slowly but surely. I don't know. It's uh, rotting. Um, so the White House visit's another topic of uh, that they keep talking about. Every year. But like, so now is the White House visit even interesting? Because Stupid. there's no, there's no, if you there's no fast go, food anymore because go, go. the staff is bad. It's true. No so oh I'm man, I can't wait for that storyline when it comes out because you yeah. know that the Patriots are going to get the best of feasts. I feel like it's, it's just super fancy. I feel like just Brady and Robert Kraft are going to go. No, well, no, no, no. It'd be like at the giant table, you know, like how, like in in the old movies in the eighties, it'd be like a date where like Michael Keaton one sitting on, on one side, side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's no conversation because they can't hear each other. Um, I, a few people have said they're not going to go. I think Brady's going to go. He's always been a Trump supporter. I'm yeah. sure Kraft is too. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Lavar Ball back in the news. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't appear that Antonio Davis will be traded. After the Lakers basically offered their entire franchise. Is the trade deadline tonight? It's yeah. tom- tomorrow night. So when this podcast is or tomorrow posted, afternoon, yeah. it will have the, the deadline will have passed. Yeah. So uh, I think so. According to uh, Low of the Low Post, according to uh, Wojnarowski, all the Top. NBA insiders. Yeah. Uh, Adam Schefter, by the way, who's now an NBA yeah, yeah. insider. Don't, don't know how that happened. Uh, but that guy's always in the, he's always in the know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like he's moving. Um, and honestly, the Lakers couldn't have answer, uh, offered more. And it was a, it was a kind of because offer. the Pelicans were asking for four first round picks. Yeah. Four first rounds, but four. just in general, it was about six to eight picks in general. That, that six to eight picks plus those three guys. Yes. Like, but who well, would make that trade? Well, to be honest, the draft picks aren't as valuable in the NBA as the rest, as most other leagues. But and especially if, if those are the four LeBron years, they won't be good draft picks anyway. It's true. Is it's the thinking, point. right? So, like, it's not. No, it's but the not Pelicans, a terrible. The Pelicans wanted those picks for the Lakers. But I'm saying, I'm saying for the Lakers, those picks, if they hold on to them, it's useless. Like, Almost so what? You're going to draft 28th? Like, yeah. who's the last 28th pick that was <laughs> awesome? The reason why there's like three rounds in basketball. Um, two, two rounds. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Did you guys catch the game last night where the Pacers completely dismantled? Did I the ever, <laughs> Terry? You're in Pacers. I did. Didn't watch the game though. Did you hear about the chants? Yeah, the chants are awesome. I loved it. I LeBron loved it. will trade you. The one on McGee's amazing, though. You're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not worth trading. He's not sure. worth trading. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he actually, the, the Pelicans said, uh, what about JaVale McGee? And then the Lakers like, oh, yeah, you want him? They, they just laughed and hung up. It's <laughs> <laughs> very disappointing. Oh, yeah, Magic is like, him? the fuck? You want him? Dot, dot, dot. Red. They left, <laughs> he left him on red. <laughs> he left him on red. <laughs> you want McGee? Um, LeVar Ball was very critical, though, of the Lakers organization's yeah, whole step yeah. of the way. Um, honestly, as soon as LeBron... And I don't actually think LeVar Ball is that bad of a player. He's a good distributor. Lonzo Ball. Uh, Lonzo. Sorry, Lonzo Ball. LeVar, LeVar Ball, though, never beaten. Never beaten one-on-one. <laughs> so. beat uh, Lonzo Ball, I don't think he's that bad a player. And he's he's very good distributor of the ball. But when LeBron got there, it's like, what do you need another distributor for? You already have basically the best point guard who doesn't play point guard in the league. <laughs> in the league. So... Um, I'm and surprised they were giving up Kuzma uh, and those. That's two. and the fact that we were willing to give up Kuzma and Ingram, I said, you know what? Well, this is this is yeah. the trade. Like they don't have more to give. No, like, zero. Um, but so the the reports is they're willing to hold on to hear the Celtics offer in the offseason, which makes sense, because 
But didn't he say he doesn't want to go to Boston? Or is that say he doesn't want to go to Boston? Uh, so there's a report that says that he, that's not one of the four teams he would sign an extension with. Because of the way they treated Isaiah. Makes sense. Yep. It was pretty shitty what they did. Of course. Well, I mean, but it's a business. Yes, you, no, you but Isaiah to, Thomas is not that good, also. Yeah, you have to He wasn't that good before. No, he, he had was one a great player. season. He yeah, was a very season. good player. But he, he's. Obviously, Kyrie is better than Isaiah Thomas. Yes. We're never going to deny that. But it was still. It's like uh, somebody gives you so much. The same thing with the, the Raptors. You got a better player in Kawhi Leonard for sure, mm-hmm. but DeMar DeRozan was your city. What was weird about the, the Raptors situation was how the town panicked after DeMar DeRozan was traded. I'm like, you know he was traded for one of the top five players in basketball, uh, Yeah, right? easy. Like, like <laughs> so no problem. Close. Um, LeVar Ball says that if uh, his son was going to go anywhere, uh, it's away from that terrible coach, Luke Walton, because oh, he hates Luke Walton. Luke Walton, the worst coach. Uh, Luke Walton, by the way, took over a terrible <laughs> team, so I mean, <laughs> let's give him a second. Luke Walton has to coach your son. And he has to coach <laughs> LeBron James, which is the coach killer of all coach killers. Yeah, big time. No, you don't need a coach at that point. Um, and he said he'd be down to send his son uh, to Phoenix. Oh, nice. Uh, where he would he become the one. most irrelevant <laughs> player <laughs> Well, I mean, who would, he be, who would he be playing with there? Booker? Booker. That's so, next question. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Matthews, he's getting what's his, though. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs decided to do right by him. He screwed me over. <laughs> Why did he screw you over? Because I have him in my fantasy league and we have a cap. Oh. So I have McDavid, Connor. I have Connor McDavid. I have Austin Matthews, who just signed $15.2 million. It's an average of 11 per year. Yeah. So you need to hold on to him. But his cap is 15.2. Yeah. His cap is. So I'm fucked. And, I'm, and I have Marner. Marner's going to get paid next year. Yeah, um, Marner's, well, Marner's Marner right now. He they're asking for eleven, and uh, Toronto wants to give him nine, so they'll probably meet at ten. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is the the way this contract is structured. Um, the last team to put uh, um, that much value towards four players is Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. they had uh, uh, Crosby, Malkin, Letang Kessler, Latang, um, and at the time, while uh, Crosby and Malkin signed for less. They each signed for about 15% of the cap. Exactly. This is only sp- expected to be 14% of the 2019-20 cap. So it's actually a uh, well-structured deal for sure. Yeah, to to, get, to maintain all this talent. But they Toronto. also just they also just kept Nylander. They have Morgan Riley on. They have Freddie Anderson, who's going to be requiring a lot of money. Um, they have um, Mitch Marner, like you said. Mitch Marner is going to get paid. You still have Marlowe. You have Tavares. You know they have big money on the salaries on the on the on the book. So. It's somebody's gonna have to go, and it's probably gonna be somebody like Nylander. Marlo, you assume he's gonna retire or sign somewhere else? My guess, my guess was Marlo and Nylander. Just looking at the, yeah. the cap table, uh, it looked like those th- those contracts were built to be moved. That's it. If you c- if you're able to keep Tavares, Marner, Morgan, Riley, uh, Anderson, and Matthews, you can be looking at a Stanley Cup run almost every year. Now you know I love collective bargaining agreement talk. Yes, obviously. But what's more interesting? <laughs> the most interesting <laughs> story of the week has to be what's going on with DeAndre Francois. Uh, it's, so it's the most confusing thing, too. Because, so, like, this is the storyline is uh, for those who haven't read or seen it, he was a- accused of uh, physically and verbally abusing uh, his ex girlfriend, yeah. by his ex girlfriend, who then recanted it on Instagram. Yes. Her family, <laughs> Her family. then came out and said, oh, no, that's not true. The shit she said happened actually happened. So and and it is uh, her account has since been hacked, and that wasn't her who wrote it. So I think that his, her family sees a money opportunity, and is trying to take advantage of him. I mean, so here's the thing: the one, the one part that you're gonna instantly regret is when you actually hear this clip, Terry. Go ahead, Eagle. Play the clip. Don't listen to my fucking house. Not him. Damn, you fucking idiot. Not him. Give me my fucking face. Fuck! Stop throwing shit in my fucking house. Fuck wrong with you. What? Throw it again so I can beat your ass. I don't give a fuck. Throw it again. Ooh, yeah, that's not. Fuck you. I'm gonna hit you in your face every fucking time. Throw something else. All right. Um, what? Like, so does Terry? Uh, Terry, do you want to take the moment to recount uh, your previous statement? Uh, yes, I apologize to the family <laughs> of his fiance, his girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend of DeAndre Francois says the Instagram account was hacked. Yes. And stands by her claims. Her name is Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> not Diamond Dallas Page. In case anyone was wondering that. <laughs> that was the last time someone that with the name Diamond was not a stripper. There was a yeah. stripper bowl this weekend in Atlanta. Did you see this? No. I did stripper not. Stripper bowl. And uh, I don't know how many strippers there were, but they, they made $3 million. That's amazing. 25 strippers made $3 million. They each left with $120,000 cash in one night's of work. And herpes. Probably. But in the States, you can't touch. 
Oh, okay. Unless you're paying That's a lot a more money. They made more money. <laughs> That's some good money. Honestly, if you've been to Atlanta, you know that a stripper bowl was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing is, even if it was recanted, like if you're the Seminoles organization and you hear the statement that I'm, I'm going to hit you in your face every time. Yeah. I mean, even if it never happened, the fact it that it's that a verbal threat. You're you're telling us that you've done it before. Yeah. And and, and even like if up. it's just supposition and we don't know for sure, it's still a threat. You still cannot threaten people. You know what? With, when I was physical violence. When I was reading her statement, I was like, okay, this girl either has Stockholm syndrome or like she really tried to get to some guy's money and she realized she fucked up. And as I was reading it, I'm like, I feel like he, she wasn't writing it, you know. And mm. then when I heard her family come out and say. Oh no, it's uh, it's not true. Like everything which said before, show. I'm like, okay, they're trying to get involved, so which means they want some money out of it. So but here's the thing. So everyone thinks that you know, because you know, we all know like, NCAA athletes don't get paid, right? Well, it, well, I mean, I mean, he doesn't get enough yet. <laughs> he gets probably more than they claim. But yeah. the thing is, is that I mean, he doesn't play for Alabama. But the thing is, um, with DeAndre Francois, everyone's thinking, well, once he gets to the, to the NFL, he's gonna make all this money. I mean, we even doubt if he can hit her in the face because his accuracy isn't great. <laughs> So there's no doubt that he even will make the NFL to uh, well, uh, to make that money. What this wh- this actually it turns out to be a lot worse for Florida State because they they've really missed out on signing uh, quarterbacks, a uh, recruiting quarterback, yeah. like Jalen Hurts. Yes, but also the six hours ago was reported that they missed out on uh, Lance Lejean, who mm-hmm. signs with uh, Maryland. So they really oh, they're really in a tough situation where they will might go into 2019 without a top tier uh, top top recruited quarterback. It's true. It seems like they always have problems with quarterbacks. They do. Jameis Winston has been their last success. And, of course, he also had his issues with... Yeah. Crab Shack. Women. Stealing crabs. Yeah. Stealing crabs. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're about three weeks away from Crab Shack, me and you. All right, Where man. are you guys going? We're doing Savannah, Georgia. Oh, it's true. We're going to have to do a live set do from... Uh, yeah, Savannah. man. I'm going to the Stripper Bowl. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yet, the whole thing happened with DeAndre Jordan. Not the most regrettable thing, necessarily. Um, because Jimmy Ricketts... Of uh, the Chicago Cubs, the owner of Chicago Cubs. Have you read yes. any of the emails leaked by? Uh, I read. Splinter I read a News? few of them. There's a few long ones that I kind of skimmed through. Yeah, but I mean, it's always what's said at the end, <laughs> like, like his punctuation. Yeah, is yeah, very it's always regrettable. like they, <laughs> like there's a bunch of things. So for those for those who aren't clear, yeah, Splinter sure. News came out with a a bunch of emails that were sent <laughs> within the Cubs organization that. Uh, where like one of them was insane. It was actually a serious like memorandum. Yeah, where he was uh, worried about Muslim people of Muslim faith working for Homeland Security because of what happened in nine eleven. Therefore, implying that in anyone he was also tying who's in, a Muslim um, therefore is a terrorist. Yeah, he, he was also tying in other stories like from uh, like the recent shootings that had happened uh, by Islamist extremists and stuff. It oh, was like the really, white guy really in racist. Vegas. That's true. That's true. That must have been the Muslim guy too. There's another conspiracy theory. I don't mean now. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, I I think that there was a guy shooting somebody there. It, it couldn't have been a white person, obviously. It was a white person. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it was that guy. Okay. I just think that you know, there's other stuff involved. He right. wasn't. He wasn't trying to hide it, though. I mean, if you looked at some of the email, the emails that he had sent, he was actually saying like, "Share this." I'm not, but I, yeah, I feel like in those emails, he was saying things like, like he was just like as if he was having a conversation at a coffee shop. Yeah. And it was like common knowledge, and maybe that's the worst part is that now it's it, it's almost like it's okay to to say things like that in the states. Well, so the thing is, I I want to say not to be too political. It's not going to work because I I want to say <laughs> that oh, it's from a different time. Yeah, the dude's seven years older than my dad. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. I've never heard my dad say anything like that. <laughs> that's the craziest shit I've ever I seen. Will, uh, I can't know. agree. <laughs> so it's like uh, you know. Um, and the thing is, especially the fact that dude put it pen to paper. Yeah, that's the craziest. Like, like you need to know. But that's what I'm saying is that it's so normal now to talk like that. That it's it's become it's become okay. He's he was very comfortable talking like that. Mm-hmm. Where maybe when, okay, just to say maybe when Obama was in office, it, what, you weren't comfortable talking like that. You know, the yeah. fact that he's saying he's like, oh, Obama admits to being a Muslim. Like, what do you mean admits to being a Muslim? Like, he's was he trying to hide it at some point? I mean, I don't understand. And it's like he just. It made it. It made it way too comfortable, and it's fucking weird. Yeah, I find it very scary. Well, a uh, guy who's less scary, guy who has been in the least amount of fights of any hockey player ever, is <laughs> Rob so. Shrimp. You think so? He's. I, how many fights did he have in his career? 
Uh, I saw two, two but points. I will double check. We will ask him. Why don't we just ask him? We'll ask him. Uh, we're going to get to all sorts of interesting stuff with uh, Rob Schramm, including his new endeavors since his New York Islanders days. And uh, you, can, uh, you can you can subscribe. Yeah, you can always subscribe. subscribe. They get the shows, then they choose to listen to it or yeah, subscribe not. on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then follow us at Hot Sauce Sports on every social media. No one, uh, you can't be oversubscribed because that's not a word. Exactly. So, so subscribe just the right amount of time. Be a word. Welcome back. For those who uh, were not paying attention, you'll notice, uh, those watching will notice a quick change in, uh, in, in uniform. Uniform. Yeah. And uh, Terry and this I. This is our interview gear. Yeah. We said, we said you know what? We're going to step it up. We're dressed like slobs. Actually, I think we were better dressed. Probably. And for the first uh, segment. And weirdly, the third segment will change because we totally record these in order. <laughs> um, we're joined, of course, uh, by Rob Shrimp. Um, he is former NHL player. Yes. Uh, played with uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Played with um, the New York Islanders. He played in the KHL as well, the AHL. One of the more skilled players playing. He's going to talk to us a little bit later about how he maybe played a little out of his time. Um, Rob Shrimp, first of all, uh, my dude, how's it going? How's retirement treating you? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, retirement's been great. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's a cool experience uh, as I have a one-year-old daughter. So uh, the last year has been filled with a lot of uh, new surprises and different uh, different things of uh different avenues of life per se yeah. so uh, being a father and um having retired from a sport that i played my whole life a lot of different uh a lot of big changes i guess in my life so it's been a cool year and obviously you, you retired you had a very good career i mean you had a decent career in the nhl to me the the, the rob shrimp that i that i loved and that i appreciated the most was the one when he played London Knights, you know, and those dominant London Knights teams. And what was it like, what was it like playing on those teams, knowing that you actually had a chance to win the Mem Cup every single year and at least the O? Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. The, the time in London was amazing. Uh, playing for that franchise was sick. Uh, Dale Hunters, uh, a brilliant hockey guy in the sense of um, producing winning teams, and he knows how to win. So getting the chance to see him coach firsthand was, you know, definitely unique. Watching the way he would – you know, he would mess around as a coach with the series, playoff series, just as if he was when he was a player. I think if you guys remember Dale as a player, he was mm-hmm. very, yeah. he was an uh, agitator and he was in your face, like hard-nosed. One of the toughest SOBs in the game. Like, he had a 1,000 points and he had 3,000 penalty minutes. So he was pretty badass when he played. Yeah. And he coached, you know, he wasn't that way when he coached. He wasn't, like, really fierce or fury. He didn't say much, but, like, after the game, like during the series, like during like a press conference, like you would always do these little things that were like, I don't know, kind of like borderline gutless, you know, <laughs> but it would be just to kind of screw with the other team. And like, as a player on the team, you realize what he was doing. It was, it was, um, it was effective. So he would do a lot of different things to win and, and, you know, playing for him in that organization. But Mark, his brother is also a really smart uh, hockey guy. Um, you know, guys like Jim McKellar, uh, these people were involved in London Knights. So London has a, they have a, I mean, they keep winning and winning. They always have winning teams. They know how to win. They know how to bring it out of the players. So um, it's a cool city as they have, you know, basically 94, 9,500 people every single game at junior. Uh, it makes it really fun to play there. So that, that's why they get a lot of winning teams. You know, a lot of guys really want to go there. So they'll, they get the best of the best and uh, they've earned it. I got, you know, they really have, just looking at your stats, I mean, 145 points in 57 games in uh, in 2005 when you guys ended up winning the Mem Cup. Uh, the, the year before that was the, the team that I was talking about, the stack team with Danny Savred and Corey Perry. I mean, it's uh, – and Boland. I mean, Boland's a nasty player too. And to think that those guys had great careers, and so did you. I mean, it, it was crazy to see you guys all in the same lineup and the domination that you guys had. I mean, it was it was impressive for sure. Well, that's – yeah, that's and to think the team that we had, like, at, at junior level, it's not easy to do. It, it takes yeah. a lot to build that team, and, and Mark Hunter built it. So uh, he built that team. Uh, the year before we won the Mem Cup, we lost the Western Conference Finals to Guelph in Game 7. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, we were actually, like, <laughs> one of those th- – they were big-time underdogs, and they pulled out a seven-game series. I think the biggest – you know, one of the biggest things I remember was Kevin Klein. Uh, he was a defenseman. He had three hat tricks in a seven-game series as a, a defenseman. defenseman yeah. um, 
it was nuts. Uh, so we ran into that. Ryan Callahan, you know, great NHL career now. He played unreal in playoffs. I mean, they had just a couple things that went right. Martin St. Pierre played out of his mind. Um, few things went right for them, and it's a seven. It's a playoff series. We were, should have won the series. We didn't. They went, we went game seven. We lost at home, and uh, it was very frustrating. And then that was the, the next year we came in, and we had that mem- uh, Memorial Cup year. We were all really, really mad from the year before because we, we knew that we should have been the better team, and we should have won. And that's and then we kind of all learned that you know things aren't handed to you. You have to win. Um, and that was a good lesson because it really took off. We went 31 games undefeated to start the yeah. season, and then we we ended up capping it off by beating uh, Sidney Crosby in the finals. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned Dale Hunter being an intimidator on the ice. I think one term we could not use to describe <laughs> Rob Shrimp is uh, intimidator. Uh, according to what, what's the site we're on <laughs> hey, right thanks, now, Eagle? Dropyourgloves.com. It's going to drop the gloves.com. You got owned by Daryl Boyce, but you contend yeah, that right. that is completely faulty. <laughs> yeah, it says right. it says here he he threw fifteen punches, landed twelve. You threw man, two. That's such a crock. That's a crock. But my favorite. Po- I, I can't believe that that's that's reported that way. It's totally false. I, I'm gonna call. Like I'm almost tempted to get if uh, Steve Ludwig can't track that video down because that is. Not, I mean, I can't say that I like won the fight at all. I don't think I even really knew what I was doing, but it definitely was not even a either way win. It how, was did not. You, how did you start the fight? Uh, well, the fight started, like, I don't know how the game was going, but to take the face off right in front of our bench, took the draw, and Daryl Boyce spears me right in the, like, not spears me, but like, as the center, he comes right up under my cup. And I'm like, what? I look over the ref, he doesn't do anything. I look at him and I, like, cross-check Boyce, like, to get his hands away from me. And he does it again. He did it twice. He ran under my, you know, in, the, in my junk. Like, it hurt. And, he ran, and then my coach out of nowhere goes, Steve Ludwig was like, the ref, because I looked at the ref again. The ref wasn't going to call. He was like, he, I don't know why he was not calling this guy, shoving his stick up my ball. But he wasn't calling it. So then the coach was like, screw it, just go, Trippy. So I, we, I'm like, screw it. And I end up fighting Daryl Boyce. I mean, we, I mean, none of us really landed punches. I remember throwing... Um, you know, trying to throw my best. And I remember switching at one point, trying to throw left. And that's what I was like the most proud of because we had this tough guy, Wes Rippin. He was nailed. He was so tough. Uh, one of the pound for pound toughest guys I've ever played with. And uh, he was in the locker room. Sorry, I love yeah. some of the commentary. I'm, I'm reading the site here as you're talking. And Shrimp rails one of the majors. Rails one of the majors players. The boys didn't like it, so he goes after Shrimp. They drop the gloves yeah. and boy starts throwing bombs. It's not even how it, it's not even how it happened. <laughs> it's not even how it happened. At the bottom it says yeah. Shrimp cheap shots a player, not sure who, and then decides to mouth yeah. the boys and then there's no reps and they drop them. And one they both say Daryl Boyce win by KO. Win by KO. And one says there's only no, four I shots know, landed. And then it says blood a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to look for the right. fight on hockeyfights.com. I thought they had all of them, but I guess they didn't have that one. We should find it. We'll get the Eagles. I, I will. I think I'm, I'm on. I will see if Steve Ludwig. Yeah, if you can get that, we'll definitely down. air it. We'll definitely air it on the show. <laughs> and if, I, I mean, even if I get the video, I, I can't say that I want. Like, I'm not. This is not like a championship fight. This is not a. Uh, <laughs> shit. This is not a Bugard and Trevor Gilly. <laughs> this is not anything like it's that. Not a full tilt, you know. But yeah, no. This is very much a featherweight scrap. <laughs> so. So now that. You've done your fighting career. You've done your your hockey career as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. You decided to to hang up hang up your skates. Uh, what do you What are you into now? What are you doing um, in terms of uh, your, you told me you have a business. What's your business about? Yeah, so I uh, got involved with uh, a cannabis oil company, CBD oil company. Uh, the name of it's Veda Veda Sport. Um, I had some issues with concussions from hockey, and I just had some issues with anxiety, and also I also had some uh, you know. I've, had a battle with depression my whole life. So it's something I deal with on a, on a daily basis. And I got on the um, CBD oil product data and it, it just really helped me balance out a lot of my stuff um, settled down. I was having a really hard time sleeping. Um, I was having anxiety attacks every other day, which were really kind of freaking me out. Um, so once I started taking this, this product, that really helped me. I, I didn't have to take Xanax anymore. I don't take sleep pills anymore. These are all things that I had to take to kind of play hockey. I need, you know, I wasn't sleeping at night, so I had to take sleep, which is not really a sustainable way to live. Um, yeah. I it's not. I, I don't. Up after taking not, you know, it really five five months of it in a, in a row is. I just not. I, I'm not proud of that, but that's just how it works. Those sleeping pills 
for someone with anxiety like myself, I started to get scared to go to bed. So I would only sleep like an hour or two night, uh, an hour or two at night. And then trying to play pro hockey like that is not, you can't only sleep two hours and play pro hockey. It's impossible. I promise yeah, you. Yeah. You can't. And I'm sure, you turn into a zombie. So and, and I'm um, sure a lot of guys that don't have an education. I mean, nowadays, I think it's more widely, uh, I guess, commercial or widely known. Talked about. Or, yeah, talked about. It's yeah. more respected. Uh, you know, Bell, they have a whole Bell Let's Talk movement about uh, mental health. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, so that's there's a lot of really, good things. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things. It's really opening up. So this is another way to, you know, I think being an athlete, just retiring myself, I, I know what's going on a little bit in the game. And, and you know, I could say my example is a little excessive. Is I could, you know, like I said, sleeping pills five months in a row. It's, yeah. Maybe I'm a little excessive, but I understand that, that the sleeping pill thing is kind of part of the game. and it's, it, it doesn't need to be. Um you know what I mean? There's certain things that go on to make to be uh, at a high level athlete that a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys are, if you look at the contracts now, in the NHL, like <laughs> it's kind of like it's 10, 11 million dollars. You want to make sure your body's running on the proper stuff and like, make sure you're, you know, shit, you're, you're $11 million machine. Like <laughs> you don't want to be putting in sleeping pills and, and uh, muscle. Relax. If you don't have to, you know, if there's something there that can replace it, that, you know, I think it's smart to take a look at it. And that's what I'm trying to do and try to help as I just got out of the game. So I understand mm-hmm. what's still in the game, what the game could use, um, and some of these senses of recovery and, and helping guys not go towards addiction in some sense. You know, some of these opioid things are not – it's not good. Uh, it's not just sports. It's everywhere. So they're out there, and we're trying to help find something sustainable for a society. Um, if you take a look at our company, that's really what we want to do is reintroduce hemp back into uh, society through the farms. Um, and that's what our, our main goal is. Um, going forward in the future. So it's a really unique company. I'm really happy to be part of that going forward. Uh, stepping away from hockey, I can bring something back to the game in a different way. Instead of being a coach or, or doing clinics, I would rather bring, like I said, this product back to the players and show them that there's other things besides sleepers and opioids and things like that that are, you know, they're dangerous. It's a slippery slope. Uh, I don't know. I'm happy I'm not taking sleepers every night anymore. I haven't taken a sleeper yeah. in a year. I haven't taken a Xanax in six months. I, I just don't... I, I'd rather not take pills. I'd rather be natural. That's that's how I feel about it. Of course. Uh, and I know there's a plenty of other guys out there that have like since I left the game, I, I really used my um my retirement as a springboard to talk about mental health and, and try to um advocate for that. Um as you know, there was my situation with the game leaving the game was a little bit dicey. Um, not exactly the way I would like to gone out. Um, you know, someday I'll tell that story. It's it's really kinda rugged. It's really raw still, so it's hard to talk about it, but um, I want to use, you know, let people know that, you know, how to, <clears throat> with mental health, people need to know that there's people to support them and that they can, yeah. whenever things are happening, you can talk or have a, a team in some sort. So we're really helping people with that, with our company. We have a, a foundation called the fight like me. Um, and I'm using that to advocate for mental health and just, I'm going to tell my story in some sense and, and hopefully people, you know, helps people in any way possible. We're joined by Rob Shrimp, former NHL player of the Edmonton Oilers and of the the the, the New York Islanders. The Long, Long Island, Island Islanders. Islanders. Um, <laughs> it's a long are, resume. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> long I know. We, um, we t- we've been talking, of course, about his new company, Vita. That's, uh, that's who he's representing today. Vita uh, Sport, yeah. But uh, I have to say my first experience with Rob Shrimp was electronic. Uh, every time I bought any copy of NHL, I would play with the Islanders and always trade Rob Shrimp for a whole bunch of largely computer-generated prospects. <laughs> so it's a back-end compliment because I got a lot of prospects for you, Rob. You're worth a lot yeah, of video games. Yeah, that's good. I'm a prospect generator. The, p- the thing that people don't know about Rob Shrimp is the reason why he was able to get so many prospects yeah. is how many guys are tough enough to eat raw hot dogs. That's it. <laughs> so there's a story about you with yeah, raw hot dogs. Right. You, want, do you want to fill us in? I used to, you know, I had a thing with hot dogs when I was younger, man. It was crazy. Actually, I got kicked off a team in Quebec. Uh, that, they just, they didn't, they decided not to have me on the team because uh, they felt like I was undisciplined because I ate hot dogs, and I really loved eating hot dogs. The big <laughs> thing about me when eating hot dogs when I was younger is that you could buy a pack of them for like three or four dollars. So I mean, yeah. it was the cheapest way to get a bunch of food, right? And we were in a well-off family. <laughs> so at one time, I went to this training camp for the Outlaws. And I was eating hot dogs, and I remember the lady on the team, I think it was the coach's wife, was kind of like, kind of gave me a little bit of crap, was like, you shouldn't be eating hot dogs. And I was like, 
you tell me how to eat hot dogs. So I just went and ate more, more hot dogs. <laughs> tell the story of me being like a hot dog eater got around, you know? <laughs> and then also like me and Matt Lashoff, his, uh, we didn't live too far from each other in New York. So we would, we would carpool a lot. And his dad, Bob Lashoff, we'd be smashing raw hot dogs on the way to games. <laughs> and like, even Matt was looking at us like, what the hell's wrong with you two? You know, and, uh, Matt's old man's like this big lumberjack guy, really soft spoke. Great dude. If you uh, talk to Eric Cross, he'll tell you. Uh, and Dave knows him well. So anyways, Bob would just big slick hair, lumberjack wearing like the long johns and suspenders and uh <laughs> cool dude. Me and him would just be driving the car eating raw hot dogs. Speaking of <laughs> uh, fun. Speaking of Matt Lashoff, you guys both got drafted in the first round, right? Of that of yep. two thousand four uh, year. He got drafted by Boston, you got drafted by Edmonton. Uh what was it like yep. that whole draft process, uh the way cause you had dropped actually a few a few picks, I would say. Yeah, it was tough for me, to be honest with you. I was a kid at that time, a very cocky kid. It was tough for me to take that because I was ranked higher. Yeah. And a lot of people were um, – I think a little bit of it happened, just it just the, the rumors around the draft and stuff. I just kept sliding and sliding. And it was um, – I'm a very competitive person. So t- to be, like, slipping, I felt like I was losing. You know what I mean? Um, at that at that age, you're, like, you're all competitive with each other. So I, mm. by slipping down, I felt like I was losing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was frustrating. It was hard to take. I was, I was you know – visibly pissed off like i really was upset it, it was hard to take um anyways i remember i had an interview right after i got drafted and I, I just remember saying something like i you know well they said they even like teed me up perfectly they're like how do you feel about slipping in the draft and i'm like yeah you're right i did slip in the draft and I, I said i guess i got a lot of people to prove wrong and i can't wait to shove it up there you know what <laughs> well there's we, we found a uh, but i before- was like we found a thread so from uh, a hockey board's uh, th- forum uh, from 2016. Yeah. It said, was Rob Shrimp given a fair chance in the NHL? And the top post reads, he always came across like a smug kid whose ego was greatly inflated by press clippings. When it came time to play against men, he either didn't have it, couldn't rise to it, or didn't care. So the post says you weren't fairly treated and then goes on to mischaracterize you yeah. once again. Yeah. What does it say? I don't understand about the mischaracterization. It basically, it basically says at the beginning that why weren't you given a fair chance, and then it, it says that oh because you had you kind of had a bad attitude, so it kind of it, it kind flip of flip flops. It flip flops a bit. It kind of it so kind of yeah, goes against I itself. Had you know? that. So I had that attitude thing since I was like fourteen years old. Was, I remember it was like the red line report. They started calling me like a coach killer and stuff. So I had the same coach, John Walsh, who's actually still one of my best family friends to this day. So this report, the, I don't know if you guys remember that. It, it was called the Redline Report. So they mm-hmm. wrote about it. And they called me like a coach killer. And that just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, every time they wrote an article, I'm telling you, do the research. Like when I was like 14, 15, there's, there's press clippings. There was always a mention of my attitude in it, um, which was just so – I never had an attitude like, uh, issue. The coaches I had in the Syracuse Stars were Don Kern and, and John Walsh. Like you could, I mean, you could call those guys still today. They would have yeah. nice things to say about me. Never say that I was a coach. So that really stuck, and that kind of. And then I would always get that in my in my interviews, and it, it made me defensive. Like I, yeah, that sure. pissed me off. They would ask me, I don't understand how I got tagged with this. Then it's like, what do you mean I got an attitude problem? So then you get defensive, right? Like yeah. right away, I'm like, why do I have an attitude? Like what are you talking about? As and a kid, you don't understand snowballs. why everybody's against you, right? Yeah, you know, I was like 15, yeah. 16 years old. And people are like, why do you have a bad attitude? I'm like, I don't have a bad attitude. You have a bad attitude. Yeah. One of, one of the more I public, not the right way to answer it, but I, as a sixteen or seventeen year old kid, yeah, obviously I know that as a thirty-two man. One of the more pu- way, public, uh, one of the more public guys to criticize you was Craig McTavish, uh, who's yeah, most notable for playing without a helmet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe he needs Vita to hook him up with some CBD uh, yeah, to get his know, head maybe. on right. Craig McTavish is weird because he always looked like the oldest guy at the beginning of his career, yeah. and then he looked like the youngest guy at the end of his career. Yeah, he was the last person yeah. to not wear a helmet in the NHL. Exactly. Yeah. No dome. No dumb for uh, McTavish. No dumb. Hey, Becky, no dumb. <laughs> he is. Yeah, no, he just didn't really like the guy. I guess he didn't really like the player. Um, you know, that's it is what it is. So yeah. sometimes those happen, and the coach is not his choice. There's, there's scouts and there's general managers that that's want it. to take players. And I think in this case, it just was one of those cases where, you know, maybe he, I, I don't think I fit where his game plan was, but I was at that point in the draft where they almost were like, how do you, I was supposed to be a top 10, right? And at top 10, I'm at 25. They're like, how do you not take a top 10 at 25? So of they just so. took me because maybe I was there. I'm only guessing. I don't really know. <laughs> but You're um, way, uh, way past that. Because, I, I mean, I only played seven games in three years. So it's pretty obvious that the, I wasn't a fit to somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. 
you had a decent career. Looking at the numbers. You, had, you had a decent career with the Islanders, and then you went on to Europe. You had a decent career there as well. Uh, you decided to call it quits. I think you, honestly, from from talking to you, uh, you know, we respect you a lot. You, we don't think you have a bad attitude at all. We actually love your attitude. I mean, that's 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 just the way you are. I appreciate it. Oh, and <laughs> thank you. So, so you played in the KHL. We all know the rinky-dink transportation systems that there are, that that Russia has. Well, you played in. I think yeah. you played for. Uh, it wasn't in Russia. You played in. It was in. Um, was it Austria? Latvia. Latvia. That's it. Latvia. So you played in Latvia. What are the airplanes like in the sh- in the crappy ass buses that you had to take to go from city to city? Yeah, no, it was. Um, the planes were a little bit rugged. <sighs> Not comfortable, to be yeah, honest sure. with you. Some of the flights were really uncomfortable. Just seeing, like, the one time we got on the plane, I remember being on, like, a couple flights in North America where there's, like, you know, little small little planes you're getting on. There's only 10 people, and they ask, like, yeah. two or three people to move so that the weight's okay. That's over here. So then in Russia, we go, like, one of the first trips, they started packing the bags. In the, we had a charter flight, but it wasn't like a, you know, this is not like the NHL charter. This was, yeah. It was a, a very unique charter. So they started, like, bringing bags onto the plane like carrying to the back of the plane they bring them like 10 or 12 bags and i'm thinking in my head like this is not a big plane and like i just told you i remember these scenarios where they're asking two and three people on it you know we had 25 people on this flight so 25 people and then 10 bags sitting at the back of the flight i was like freaking out i'm like how are we ever going to get off yeah you know i'm paranoia we end up getting off nothing happened but like right away you're already nervous because the year before locomotive had a a plane crash yeah we were all i know everybody was on it was really edgy. I was like, you know, every flight was like, geez, like. Hopefully nothing happens. I, I, yeah, cross your fingers. I mean, I really signed <laughs> up through Rush, like, you no know, pun intended, but for roulette here. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we're, running you know, little, we're running a little short on time, so we're just going to ask one last quick question. Uh, what was a better meal plan for Rob Shrimp, the raw hot dogs, or whatever they gave you in the KHL? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, when we got into KHL, there was a couple times I went to cut into the chicken, uh, chicken breast. It was raw chicken. I swear oh, to not. It was like medium rare chicken. So I think the raw hot dogs is definitely the play. You can't go wrong with, with raw hot dogs, but raw chicken, you mean that's what you're playing. I've eaten a few raw hot dogs in my life, man. Honestly, Come on, they're so processed. Like you're fine. Yeah, you're raw fine, hot dogs are not. All it is I when you they're we, mostly salt. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. It's salt and butthole that's all it. in one. It, it's the same exact health benefit or this benefit and if you eat it cooked yeah because it's just warming yeah, it up no basically. difference yeah exactly. no difference at all. Uh, so that was Rob Shrimp again uh, played in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers with, with the uh, most New importantly Islanders. played with the Montreal Mission for yeah, yeah absolutely that's, yeah. That's, that's the most important of course that's of course. where it all started was with those beauties uh, when they started Mission Hockey in Quebec we I spent a ton of time in Montreal and then all those places in Quebec we had a great time and traveled a lot a lot of time in Quebec. Really. We have a lot of stories. We got, we're going to get you on 11, to talk about some of your stories 13. in Montreal and Quebec. Because I, I'm sure you were charming to the soccer moms in Long Island. But I want <laughs> to get your Montreal stories. Yeah, because we know how the Montreal women here. Yeah. yeah. Not soccer moms. <laughs> Not soccer yeah. moms, absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us. Of course, uh, remember uh, Vita. They're doing some great work. Vita Sport. Uh, VitaSport.com. Uh, I actually looked into it last night. Uh, super interesting. I made an order. Definitely, you guys are, are preaching to the choir. You're on the right show, yeah. <laughs> Rob. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much cool. uh, for coming on, and uh, glad to see all the work you, you've done off the ice. And definitely, like I said, you got me all those prospects, so I'm, I'm eternally grateful. That's it. And you <laughs> no got me, problem, and, and you got me a lot of stories knowing you, uh, knowing you through a couple of friends. And we're thank you, uh, thank you for coming on, buddy. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking again. Great. And uh, you can uh, you can subscribe. Yeah, you can always subscribe. Right. They get the shows, then they choose to listen to it or yeah, subscribe not. on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then follow us at Hot Sauce Sports on every social media. No one, uh, you can't be oversubscribed because that's not a word. Exactly. So, so subscribe just the amount of right amount of time. Be a word. Welcome everyone. You're back. This is Hot Sauce Sports um, with Terry Tam. My uh, co-host, partner in crime, as well as our production team, Eagle and Duke. What's up, boys? We're getting into the remaining topics we got after that awesome interview with uh, with uh, Rob Schramm. That dude's awesome, man. Oh, it was amazing. That was so much fun. Uh, hockey players very rarely open up and and talk to us about anything uh, that's of particular interest. But man, was he great! Yeah, he spoke about his company and he spoke about how the benefits that he had. Uh, the jerk Daryl boys. <laughs> yeah, what he had to go through with his anxiety, and he talked about his only fight 
in his career and he went on a bit about that so i'm like i loved him and honestly i, I want to have him on again i want him on every week yeah if we can what we should have him move in with us <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm right here man there's an extra spot right here seriously we'll get a place but, uh, me, me and you terry we'll get a place we'll get a triple bunk bed <laughs> me you rob Trump. <laughs> triple nothing but raw hot dogs and we'll have uh, triple bunk triple bunk baby thanks that's for it. thanks for including us guys no, triple bunk talent only yeah you guys <laughs> talent only <laughs> all right let's None get to, let's get the rapid fire what you got for us duke all right boys so uh, this week we have six headlines. I'm going to go nice and quick. Headline number is number like, six. Like you like it. All right. Uh, ca- uh, Coach Carousel NFL. Brian Flores, Zach Taylor. So, uh, Dolphins signed a linebacker coach. Yes. I guess they needed a linebacker coach. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> uh, since the retirement of Zach Thomas, there hasn't been a single player who's been able to make a tackle. Eagle, do you have the sound clip uh, <laughs> oh, you guys had on Brian Alonso. Flores? Oh, sorry? Kiko, 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 yeah, and Kiko couldn't cover anyone. So. so he's a good tackler. Yes, he did one thing. He just couldn't tackle anybody Although in space. Although he looked great. He looked menacing with a cast on. <laughs> he wasn't great with two hands, but with one like hand. Him, I've always liked he him. Was I always thought he was a good player. Eagle, you got that something clip going? Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, the goddamn match. So, no? All uh, right. Uh, and Zach Taylor going to the Bengals. I'm curious yeah. about which one of these two coaches will give us the most cliches. Because we're going to hear Brian Flores' oh, uh, press conference. It's awesome. It's just, he rattles them off like he's a fucking machine. He rattles off like a hockey player in the intermission interview. Yeah. Well, keep creeper sticks tight. Eagle? Anytime. You guys ever notice that? Uh, to trust one another. Two. To believe in one it? another. Three. Um, to practice. Four. You have to think uh, about that one. And prepare. Five. At a high level. Oh, high level six. Then you'll win ball games. Period. That's how you win. I believe that. Two and seven. Um, say say nothing next time. I think there's <laughs> some, say nothing you know, all the time. Fundamentally, that's you know, what he just that, did. That we're gonna want to do from a, you know as a team. And we're gonna want to play physical. You play know, physical. We're not gonna seven. turn the ball over. Fuck, man. Um, Don't turn the ball over. Things. Those are culture cliches, points that you guys right? hear every week. Um, yeah, but, uh, trouble there too. Whether it's a young team, old team, <laughs> I think you know at the at the core of it, it's about getting eleven guys on the same page. Um, oh, we those guys got to work together. And as a coaching staff, you got to get the coaching staff on the same page. You got to get the entire organization on the same page. Same page. Only as strong Keep as the weakest link. You know, that's the weakest link. Twelve, term, twelve, Terry. Specifically in football. Um, so, what if you're a slow reader? If there's a fracture in one place, <laughs> that could be the difference between getting fourth and one and not getting fourth and one. Um, fourth I truly difference. believe that. There we go. He went. He went Dan Marino deep. He went thirteen straight. Cliches. That was awesome. He. I am already depressed. Next one. Hitting a wall. John Wall. So John Wall ruptures his Achilles tendon. Oh, okay. I was going to say what that uh, At home. Yeah. No, it's the t- I-, I wonder if it's the same kind of at home that Andrew Luck did while snowboarding. And uh, <laughs> the team kind of hid it from the press so that uh, they could still pay him out of salary. Because well, they, they nice could actually break the contract if yeah. it happened uh, it doing unrelated. something yeah. he shouldn't be doing. I mean, I guess freak accidents happen all the time. But very unlikely that it happened uh, while he was just uh, walking around the house. Now here's the thing, though. Like, so Andrew Luck, I know he tore up his shoulder doing something he shouldn't have. Uh, John, well, we don't know how it happened necessarily, yeah. but it's his Achilles. Now we've seen Boogie Cousins recover from a Boogie, we've seen Kobe uh, from, Bryant. Uh, from from an Achilles uh, injury. Same with Kobe Bryant. But a lot of times it's been a death sentence. In the, in the, but it's in also the a death sentence for a guy that moves the way John Wall needs yeah. to move, right? Because he's he came into the league as the most explosive player, of course, yeah, and he's still up there as one of the most explosive yeah. players. I hope this doesn't hurt him um, further than the line. However, he definitely was butt hurt by Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> I just drawing attention to it, joking about it. Um, so, look, all Juju said too was like, "So, you, what were you doing at your crib? What were you doing at home? <laughs> what were you doing at home, man? <laughs> what, how'd you hurt your Achilles? There's massive sex that dude must have been having to tear his Achilles. He's probably trying the frog position. Trying to think of what position he would where he would rupture his Achilles. Duke, you would know. Headline eight. <laughs> Silver and gold. So the, the Raiders, the most Raiders thing ever, uh, tried to move to San Francisco uh, to play out their 2019 season where they're hated. Um, similar to how the team got moved to Las Vegas, by the way, because Mark Davis didn't tell anyone he was trying to move the team to Las Vegas. He wanted to go play in San Francisco? So they don't have a home this season. Yeah, I know that. No. So they're trying to play all their home games in San Francisco. Um, at Levi Stadium? At Levi, well, no, at AT&T. Well, it was AT&T Park, Oracle Park. So at the old Niners field? No, where the Giants played, San Francisco Giants. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, where yeah. Barry Bonds hit all of those third-rate home runs in yes, the water. Exactly. Um, so they're trying to set up their games there. Um, and similar to how they even got to the, the team to Las Vegas, where they, they moved the team 
the NFL didn't approve, and then the, they had screwed up so badly that they had no choice but to move the team to Las Vegas. <laughs> Same kind of thing. Where, well, they, well, we don't have anywhere to play. But they this don't is, have anywhere to play. This is extra poorly thought out, though, because anyone really with, with, with anyone that knows anything about both of these franchises, they hate each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. San Francisco fans and Oakland fans. Every time they play each other, there's a murder. People get shot. Yeah. So why would you want to do your... your Legit murder. Not, not even like an accidental... like, tr- Yeah. Trampling All I know is that uh, is that Mark Davis is hoping that if they go to San Francisco, there's a barber that can get rid of those bangs. <laughs> Headline nine: When to Folsom? Nick Foles. Folsom. Expected. Uh, well, he's he bought he he paid his two million dollar buyout to be released uh, to to opt out of the contract with the uh, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Smart, That's smart, the most expected thing. Yeah, smart by him too. He knows he's going to get a good offer somewhere else. So when he takes a meeting, is he just like because like we know the nickname. Big dick, Nick. Big is he dick. just dropping it on the table should. in front of John? I mean, LA. I don't know. I don't know why. He's like, where, where, what's Case Keenan packing? Because I'll show you what I'm packing. <laughs> what? So now, where does he go? I'm thinking Denver. Denver's got to sign somebody. Denver. <laughs> it's got to be somebody. He's like, let's take the other team that lost the one in the that went to the there's NFC also, championship two uh, years hey, ago. There's also Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might be without a quarterback this season. But why? If his magic works. Headline ten: <laughs> Major changes. MLB. The MLB, in trying to appeal to young people, have uh, tried to speed up the game by adding a, a DH. Pitchers face a minimum of three batters. These yes. are the proposed changes. That's stupid. Reduction of mound visits, pitch clock, new draft order that punishes losers. They call it the Expos draft. Punishes, <laughs> that punishes losers? Yeah. So if, you, if you're if you a perennial loser, they reorder oh, the draft so okay. you get screwed. Okay. I mean, uh, and also, they're trying to incentivize two-sport athletes. They're calling it the Kyler Murray rule. Incentivize them. Yeah, they're like, by the way, there's still no cap. (laughs) (laughs) So you can still be rich. So whenever you try to be more young person friendly, you fail miserably. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what's happening. And and it's like, that's the thing is that that's your uncle telling you he's hip hip and cool. Yeah, that's it. It's like your your uncle talking about how his old wrestling career in high school was good. Honestly, can you imagine like with the with the display look like on the screen with like a pitch clock, the amount of like the amount pi- visits available, the minimum of batters, batters, minimum batters to face, the minimum three batters. I don't mind actually. That's a, that's a good one. What el- what else can they do? Honestly, I think getting getting rid of umpires is the best thing. Why? Because they're wrong all the time, and tennis has already replaced there's the umpires. So, there's so many there's so many umpires in a baseball game, mm-hmm. and they make so many mistakes. Yeah. Because it, the game goes by so fast, and it's like you're keeping an eye on the and they're ball all 90. and the foot. They're, they're all, they're all old. old, yeah, and tired because they carved up all day, and they're you know they're falling asleep at seven o'clock at night. You know, they don't want to take their nap. Lastly, Vince Young. This one kind of DUI. Yeah, his uh, his second DWI in Texas. Now, how how fucked up do you need to be to get a DWI in Texas of all places? What's W while intoxicated? Uh, yeah, because. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's what they call it in Texas, man. Here it's DUI. Okay, so I always thought DWI meant just weed, like because the W. Well, I think that they <laughs> driving added- weed intoxicated, <laughs> which the guy that wrote that was weed intoxicated. <laughs> um, his car was pulled over. He had his uh, hazards on, but he was in a lane. These guys, these 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 pro athletes, man, especially football players, is that they don't know what to do when they're done, you know. And he tried to make a career in the CFL, and you know times are rough for Vince Young. He was the number one guy coming out of college. Like there was no doubt. He probably out of those three guys that draft year, it was him, Ben Roethlisberger, and oh, was it him, Jay Cutler, and um, and Carson Palmer? No, it was not Carson. It was the dude, uh, Matt, Matt Leinart. Leinart. Matt Leinart, and. I knew he was out of USC. So, I mean, he was he won a national championship, and then he gets in the NFL, and he had a de- decent career with the, with the Titans at first, and then, you know, it didn't work out. He ended up, it, so it's a little sad, I think, that I think he's just down on his luck, and hopefully he gets out of it. And that, that's it. That's it for the uh, for the rapid You're still topics. up, though. <laughs> you have now the hot bets. Right. So we have... <laughs> <laughs> we have Who's producing the show? <laughs> uh, we have three bets um, that are uh, going on this weekend. I try to I try to diverse it as much as possible. So diverse it, diversify. <laughs> I want to ru- keep a running total of the words Duke gets wrong during the show, we should put and them then like add an addendum. We should put them all up here, and every time he fucks up, he put it. So diverse. I want to diverse it. Diverse. Let's diverse it. Let's diverse, diverse it up. Let's go. Diverse up, my friend. <laughs> Bet number one. Saturday, seven p.m. Maple Leafs versus Le Montreal Canadiens. Hey, that's gonna be a good game. That's gonna be a very good game. game. Um, Montreal has surpassed everyone's expectations, but give me Toronto with their new signee, Austin Matthews. With the new signing, yeah, I'm gonna take um, I'm gonna take the Leafs on this one. You got it. Bet number two: 
Prime time Saturday night, nine PM. Clippers, Celtics. That's a nice one, actually. Is it really Clippers just made a trade? No. Yep. They uh, they got Stanley Johnson. They traded Tobias Harris. No, Stanley Johnson was the other trade. Tobias Harris Tobias went Harris to went the Seventy Sixers. Oh, that's beautiful for the for the Seventy Sixers. Agreed. Do you feel like they're a better team? Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think they're gonna come out of the East now. I really do. No, Toronto will still be. Nah, it's not gonna happen. Okay, they only have one of the top five players in the league again. Yeah, but they don't have other players. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> also true. <laughs> no, they have Lowry. Lowry's not. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Clippers on this one. <laughs> I'm not going to the Clippers. I gotta go with Boston. All right, there you go. Finally, Gordon Hayward will still be useless though. Yeah, yeah. Bet three. Six five. Sunday, eleven a.m. Man City, Chelsea. I just gagged a bit. I mean, this is pretty degenerate. I, I'm going. Okay, I'm going to say Chelsea because as a Liverpool fan, I'm going for Chelsea to knock down Man City a little bit. Um, it's just hard to go against Man City, especially when there's no spread. I'm I'm going to go Man City. Yeah, it's a good bet. That's it, boys. That's all I got. Hey-o! That's all we got. All right. See you well, guys. See you guys in two weeks. Week 11 is booked. <laughs> it's true. You're gone next week. I'm gone next week. It'll be terrible. Hot sauce for